Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vague Zone. I am Daniel. Joining me, as always, is Thomas, one of your other co-hosts. And this week, well, not this week. This is we we got a bonus episode here. Uh, basically, what we're doing is because it is spooky season, uh, we decided we would each come up with five movies that we uh, recommend for the holiday or or that we heavily associate with the holiday. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, we probably should have done this earlier on, um, but, you know, good to get it out there before Halloween is over. Yeah, it's cool to, yeah, it's not quite the end of October. There, there is still some time, you know. It gets a little more Halloween-y as we get closer to the 31st, too, so, I don't know. I mean, this is also a super fucking weird year. Like, time means nothing. Um, yeah. I'm hoping yeah. that even after Halloween comes and goes, we'll just keep watching. I mean, I, I like for me, I know a lot of people watch horror movies heavily in October. I kind of watch them year round, so it's not that uh, big of a deal to me to like watch a bunch of horror movies during October. Yeah, and I can tell because our lists are definitely very yeah, our different. our lists are You're... very different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm leaning more into what I associate with the actual holiday, you know, uh, trick-or-treaters, people wearing masks, that sort of thing, uh, versus, okay, okay. versus just horror. So, um, uh, would you like to start, or shall I start? Or Oh, sorry, did you have something? I was just going to say, um, in kind of comparison, my list is just looking at what's known through the lexicon or just the culture of horror films and just, like, my take on it, just because... I arrived at the genre a little bit late, but I still absolutely adore adore horror films. So yeah, uh, I had a good time making this list. And yeah, I mean, I can get it started. Um, is that what you meant by get it started? Like, who's gonna do the first? Yeah, number? yeah. Who who wants to be first? You want to go first? Okay. So for the viewers who don't know, we're gonna do this. We we each have five movies on our list, and we're gonna go back and forth. And so, all right, my number five movie is. Uh, it might be a controversial choice. I have paranormal activity from the year 2007 looks like something bit you it's not the house it's me you cannot run from this it will follow you i'm in control you're not in control what's happening to me this thing left a message if it's not a ghost what is it I, I like this movie a lot because it is very, very sinister because it doesn't, like, move around too much. There's a lot of horror movies that, like, uh, go from one place to the other. They're kind of, like, convoluted. They're, like, you know, there's a lot, like, there might be a slasher genre where there's, like, a lot of running and screaming. That is another, a characteristic of another movie in this list. Uh, uh, but that's kind of a different style. Hmm. Paranormal Activity kind of changed the game. As far as, like, what is very scary to just collectively watch. I saw this movie in theaters. This uh, theater was packed. It's one of my favorite movie theater experiences also. So that might be a little bit biased, but I think it helped dial up just the, the group experience and the horror of this movie. Because it's a very still movie. This is a, a found footage horror film. It's about this, um, it's about uh, a couple experiencing 
a spirit like messing with them in their house and it's mostly uh, driven by this really uh, really dumb boyfriend named Micah and Micah is just like pushing and pushing and pushing with just like oh like I want to just do more things to antagonize this possible presence in the house and it's just shot all handheld camera is uh, early 2000s and I think it does this very very well because one of my favorite like sequences of this movie is the time lapse that we get inside of the bedroom and so like a lot of uh, a lot of the scares kind of take place in this weird space where we are seeing just the couple sleeping in bed and time uh like the clock is going forward and so our eyes are just like doing their best to just dissect any changes and any actual like ghostly ghoulish kind of things happening and so we're all we're, like it builds up very slowly but once it actually takes off i think it's like it gets pretty pretty scary there's like some some good jump scares there's some good just like uh alarming images that we could see and so i i, I like this movie a lot it just has like a, a modern twist on expectations i think it's really like a good subversion of like you know haunted house type of movies and like like a, a couple that's kind of going through a really bad patch and that relationship strain is the a, a good place for a, a spirit to kind of come in and just like mess around and make things terrible so i love this movie a lot <laughs> a girl started crying in this movie when we were watching what during a really uh, screwed up scene when the ouija board catches on fire <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, lo I love this movie a lot i think it's really frightening yeah i think every movie is enhanced every horror movie is definitely enhanced by singing in the theater uh did you okay so there's actually two different endings for this movie and i guess some early screenings like festival screenings had one ending and the larger theatrical release got a different ending that sort of left it more open for um for you know building a franchise out of uh but i heard a cool story where i guess there's a lot of people who were introduced to this movie through like torrent sites uh and like a bootleg dvds and stuff like that and yeah, so yeah. they saw the other ending that doesn't lead up to a franchise which is supposedly better um so that's yeah, on youtube I, I think okay yeah i don't know if i've uh, if i've watched that um i've i think i've rewatched this movie like maybe once or twice since it, but i never had it in my hands at the to i guess i didn't know about that i don't know if that's like a dvd feature either but that'd be really cool but uh, yeah it might be worth seeking out uh if you're a fan Totally, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I will definitely do that. I've seen, yeah, the first one and the second one, and so yeah, I'd like to kind of go back and revisit. It had a lot of sequels, and so yeah, it'd be cool to kind of dig in and get get back in that that franchise a little bit. Um, so yeah, my number five, um, <laughs> like I'm gonna say, might be a controversial choice, but I think we could say that about every movie on this list. Um, I think that's probably my least exciting movie, <laughs> but uh. It's Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. Uh, yeah, it's just his, his take on the headless horseman story. Um, we've got Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane. We get, uh, early on in the movie, establishing who the Headless Horseman is. It's Christopher Walken, which is really cool. He has, like, sharpened teeth uh, that he's, like, yeah. filed down. 
And he doesn't actually have any lines in the movie, I'm pretty sure. I think he just, like, screams every time he's on camera. Um, <laughs> so you could just have that in the back of your head the entire time you're watching the movie. Oh, it's Christopher Walken. Um, uh, this movie is sort of like art design slash, like, costume design porn. Uh, and I think that's why I really like it. Because, um, yeah, like, there's, there's, like, a tree that they built. It feels like all of the forest that, that it takes place in are on a set. So it feels like it's all, like, specifically structured for the composition of these shots. And uh, there's, like, some pretty fun death scenes. Uh, it's not too gory. It's not too scary. So I feel like you could show it to a... a uh, you know, probably a 12-year-old is going to be okay watching a movie like this. Yeah, I feel like Tim Burton is just, like, super creative and kind of just visionary when it comes to the, the like, what is happening inside the frame. And I the, feel like, like, I think, okay, so what do we think of when we think of peak Tim Burton? Like, what do you think of? See, the thing is, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I've seen this movie all the way through. I'm like, I'm trying to remember. This is, like something I might have like watched half of a, like a sleepover or something and like didn't finish. But um, peak Tim Burton for me personally, I it might be uh, Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. probably or maybe maybe Batman. But I haven't I like wasn't crazy about his aesthetic. I appreciate it and I'm like okay, this is really dope and expressionist and this it's gothic and it's it's just really fantastic. But I don't like his movies, and so yeah, may, maybe Beetlejuice. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think like Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, Batman is the era that we usually focus on. I think I think uh, Sleepy Hollow, Mars Attacks are still really good. Like, um, but yeah, Sleepy Hollow. I don't know. There's just something about it. I think when I grew up, I was watching like behind the scenes features or something like that that gave me more insight into you know, the magic of the movie. And um, for with, sure. with the Danny Elfman score, it still feels very much like a, a fairy tale thing is going on. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I just love the aesthetics of this movie. Um, it's it's kind of a detective story, the way it's built. Ichabod Crane is going to this town uh, where he's he's sort of proving himself to law enforcement. He He believes in science. He believes in the value of doing an autopsy and really investigating. Um but the people he works for, they kind of don't give a shit. So they send him to Sleepy Hollow where people are getting decapitated. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, they believe that the decapitations are caused by this uh, ghost, basically. And so he has to, you know, he's, he's a skeptic. He's a man of science. He doesn't believe in this shit. So he's doing his investigation. And one of the problems with this movie, I feel like, as a detective story, you eventually reach... Uh, a point where it's giving you all the answers and the answers aren't very gracefully communicated at the end of the movie. Um, but some of the, some of the set pieces in this movie, there's like a great scene at a church uh, where it feels like it's kind of peak Tim Burton in terms of directing, like the orientation of the characters, like even the editing, the pacing, the cinematography, like everything is so compelling and it really lures you in. And I mean, you could just like, it, like if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not a fan of Sleepy Hollow, just watch that scene. And like, it's, it's good. It's good filmmaking. It's really fucking good. Uh, I Absolutely. Think, yeah, yeah. And like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like this movie kind of doesn't get enough credit for what it does. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my number five. Sleepy Hollow. For sure. That's good. Good choice, good choice. All right, so let me pull up. Okay, so for my number four, this is 
a movie that is very, very strange and turns people away just from the concept of it. But I think that it is, it's a pretty solid horror film. And so for number four, I have The Human Centipede. What is this? What are you doing to us? There we go. Yeah! And it is a, the 2009 Dutch horror film. And yeah, um, for those who aren't aren't familiar with the concept it's like these uh these three tourists they get captured by this by this german uh surgeon who lives out alone kind of secluded in the woods and he basically is obsessed with putting humans together <laughs> he is this like there's this that is a very like, light way of putting it. Yes, there is there's a, a much more elegant and eerie I keep I don't want to use the word eerie. It's just it's very strange and gruesome the way things unfold in this movie, but the explanation that they give for why this doctor is doing what he's doing, I think is pretty is pretty solid. And I think that kind of solid foundation just lets the crazy, audacious, fucked up execution of the actual horror of the movie it it makes everything like a lot more worthwhile because it's not just like silly gore it's like there's actually like this doctor has like this weird frankenstein kind of thing going on where he has this like complex about the human body and he wants to manipulate it in this particular way and it's about these three three victims getting caught and and it's it's body horror in like to this ah, rewind this is body horror in like an extreme that I think has not quite been matched. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but like I absolutely love just the way that the human side of just this horror just kind of plays out in this movie. And it's a little weird yeah, hearing just, you use the word love when talking about human centipede. I have, yeah, it's it's really sadistic. I I know I'm, I'm I have a very dark mind because I was like, <laughs> yo, like when when I heard about this movie, I was like, I need to see this movie because like I wanted. <laughs> I was like, this is. Uh, what is the term? Revolting? Oh, <laughs> that is a good term. Um, uh, torture. Uh, like torture, torture porn. porn. Was, yeah. yeah, torture porn was like the genre of uh, like the 2000s, 2010s. Yeah. That's like really, really popular. And I think this is one of the better versions and kind of contributions to that genre. And yeah, it's just, it's one of a kind in my mind where it's just like, yeah, it's just so fucked up it's just like yeah. yeah it's just so out it's just so out there that like yeah like body horror is the kind of thing that really gets me kind of like cringy and like really curled up the most and so yeah for for this movie to kind of just to be solid in kind of setup and in execution it's just it's just it's really crazy i think i've only sat through it once because it's really gut-wrenching and i think that's the hallmark of a a really effective horror movie that can just be like okay it's it's bad you get through it once and you're like okay that's not, it's a little bit of a badge of honor, not quite an honor, but like it's just like okay, you went through that haunted house and you never, and you don't want to go through it ever again, just because it just it'll just make your stomach turn. And it's yeah, once you start to get the actual details in that movie, it's it's, it's nuts, it's bad. Yeah, I've never actually seen Human Centipede. I'm familiar with the concept, and I feel like that was enough for me to say no, I do not want to see this. Uh, yeah, but now that it's on your list, maybe maybe I do have to check it out um, and get over yeah. my immediate dis disgust for it. 
yeah, it's it's really really fucking bad, and so <laughs> I think that's that's why it's so effective in my mind, just because the screening is also like kind of part of the story too. It was just like a, a few of us like film nerds kind of tucked up in an apartment watching this movie and being like, like Max might have been there, and I, yeah, it was just one of those uh, screenings where it's just like, yep, yeah, that was that was <laughs> we did that. Really, <laughs> yeah, it was, we did that. It was really bad, but also we were also collectively just satisfied with the fact that it wasn't just mindless. There's like some like t- very twisted psychology behind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the what is the guy's name? Um, his uh, uh, Dieter Losser. Yeah, yes, guy. This German actor. He's just. He's phenomenal. He's just, he's really good. All right, then. (laughs) So, yeah, my number four is Murder Party. This is the party. We've been planning this for weeks. The invitation said Murder Party. If some jackass is dumb enough to come here, then he deserves to die. Look, I don't think we actually thought someone would be stupid enough to show up. It's a white male. He's perfect. think beyond splattering blood on canvas when our masterpiece is complete and the coroner's report is back in it will read the cause of death art happy halloween um, this is a jeremy saulnier movie it's his first feature uh director of green room and blue ruin um it was made for a oh, hundred okay. it was made for a hundred fifty thousand dollars and you get the impression when you're watching it that it's just a bunch of friends who got together and decided, let's make a fucking movie. And I actually found a behind the scenes on YouTube. It's like 26 minutes long. If you end up watching this movie, highly recommend go check out this uh, behind the scenes doc. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is a bunch of friends who got together, decided to make a movie. Uh, some of these people have been friends since they were in like middle school <laughs> uh, awesome that's really yeah cool. they're like childhood friends all from the suburbs and they had all gone to like different film schools and they said you know what like we finally get, we gotta do something um called each other up and it was just like they had they had barely any money they they had got tired of going through the proper channels trying to trying to sell movies uh and they just said you know what fuck it let's just make it ourselves so so what this movie is <laughs> um it is this guy on Halloween night, he's kind of a loser, very lonely dude. He comes across an ad for a murder party. Uh, he's invited. And so he puts together a costume of, of cardboard. He dresses up as a knight. He bakes some, um, I think it's like pumpkin bread or something like that <laughs> to bring to the party. And he goes to this warehouse where it's just a bunch of art students who have decided that their next work is going to be to murder him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And so it's a horror comedy. It's pretty ridiculous. There's at one point, there's a electric chainsaw that uh, becomes a murder weapon. And because it's electric, it has to be plugged into the wall. So (laughs) you have a guy running around with an extension cord. Um, there's That's like great. there's like a great scene where this guy who's going to be murdered is in a closet and we get like the camera panning all around like this room that he's in and all these different objects and you think like okay he's gonna he's gonna make a weapon out of all this stuff so like outside of the room 
everyone is like getting together they're all getting ready to face off with this guy and then when he comes out he just has a pile of junk and he throws it up in the air to distract them and runs away Um, (laughs) that's great that's great so yeah it's like super wacky the performances aren't that great but like i said you you really get this vibe that it's just a bunch of friends who decided to make a movie um so like so it's a it's you can kind of forgive that aspect of it um, it's still pretty solid in terms of writing, in terms of execution. Like I said, this is Jeremy Saulnier, so like yeah, yeah. he was just getting off the ground. Macon Blair is one of the actors in it. Uh, he was in Green Room. He went on to uh, write and direct I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, and he is clearly like the best actor in this movie, uh, which is why Jeremy Saulnier became like uh, determined to make him a celebrity. Uh, so yeah, it's Solid movie, and yeah, it takes place during the Halloween season, so I, I think if you're a little more forgiving of just, like, independent film, uh, it doesn't have to be too polished, then yeah, you could dive in here and you're gonna have a good time. Sweet, yeah, definitely gonna check that out. It, like, the movies that have been coming out of A24 have just been fucking dope, and so, like, when they have horror movies, I think they're really, really cool, very, like, strange, like, modern takes on, I don't know, just, like these old kind of themes and like like the witch a lot but for number three i have hereditary my mother was a very secretive and private woman it's grandma you know you were her favorite right even when you're a little baby she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you she was a very difficult woman which maybe explains me i recognize you from your mother what Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. Hereditary is a film by Ari Aster, and I think this is a gorgeous, creative-looking movie. But on top of it, it just it draws horror from very unexpected places, while also just being just just a very good, just like everything kind of goes wrong with this family type of movie. And like, when I say everything goes wrong, it like everything goes wrong to the worst possible extent. And there's like body horror, there's some jump scares. And I think it's just a very good and meditative horror film. So yeah, I think this movie is, is like gorgeous. I, I, I love the miniatures and Tony Collette just puts on a fantastic performance as Annie. And yeah, like as this movie is progressing and things are getting worse for this family, we sort of, are getting these like kind of miniatures to kind of go along and narrate like the sort of horrors that they're going through. And I'm like, I love Ari Aster. I think he is a a modern day, like master of like the human side of horror. And like, we get a lot of great makeup and great production design. It really just like truly fucked up kind of images in this movie. But like a lot of the horror I think comes from like, the responsibility and the connections from the characters. And so, yeah, like just there's the, the thing that kind of happens is really bad, but like him having to tell his mom or like kind of like not tell his mom is like, even like a little bit scarier and kind of like this gut wrenching feeling of yeah. like, Oh, uh, like, like I need to like be like being honest. Is that like going to be the thing I'm going to do? And like, I just like kind of destroyed my family in the process. And so, yeah, there's, a sinister, like, a demonic plot line that is on the uh, other side of this movie. But, yeah, like, it is fantastic. The acting is really good. Um, yeah, I like the production design the most just because, yeah, the miniatures are just, like, these really 
sadistic small little like anim- like not animations but just little like screenshots of just what's going on in the mom's mind as like her world is like spiraling and yeah it just it just turns into just like a, a really classic horror film by the by the time it's done yeah like it is incredible that this is his first feature because it is masterful um yeah between this and midsummer or midsummer midsummer i don't know people always fuck with that uh yeah like you you get a an understanding of like what he's interested in which is like family trauma and how and like i guess the destruction of family and the creation of family um yeah and just how people respond to trauma um yeah it yeah one go ahead uh, one thing i was going to say is like in the uh, torture porn kind of genre, I feel like a lot of directors, like uh, Eli Roth being the one I kind of think of the most, of being like, okay, I'm going to be really creative when it comes to the way that I'm going to mutilate the human body or like yeah. kind of like just put a human through hell. That's kind of one reason why I like the human centipede the most. Because, like, okay, this is a very good, solid extreme of that that isn't just gratuitous for the sake of gratuity in my opinion like okay there's a little bit of like reasoning and character behind this which i really like and here i think ari aster suggests that like living through horror is is even worse than actually experiencing that pain and so like yeah just like the just the human aspect of just like okay like i need to wake up and kind of like start another day but like this this horror has happened and so yeah there's something just very gut-wrenching and just yeah. uh human about it that that's a, the, that word just keeps coming up but that's like the best way i can yeah, describe you're it. right just, like because it's like he's made two horror movies right now so i'm really curious to see what he does when he makes one that isn't because he is so like hereditary yeah the human drama is so fucking effective and then midsummer is like pretty funny uh, and a lot of that works as just a, uh, you know, sort of college Euro trip movie. Um, yeah, so the movie is very, very strange. <laughs> so he has, like, a great understanding of, like, character and character dynamics, and so it'll be really interesting to see what he does when he's just like, eh, I, don't, I don't feel like making a horror movie. I'm just going to make a, a, fa- a normal family dramedy. Um, yeah, that'd be super interesting, because, yeah, Midsummer is very thought-provoking i just rewatched that a few weeks ago and the like it didn't really surprise me or like frighten me as much as like when i rewatched hereditary i think that movie still has ways of surprising me upon rewatches but midsummer didn't quite have that upon yeah. rewatch and there i think is he i think he made midsummer of, like kind of hastily too i think it was like a challenge that a24 put forth where it's like we want you to make a movie in sweden during the day and then he like, yeah. wrote it really quickly yeah, I think, yeah, it captures the feeling of being on shrooms absolutely perfectly. It does a lot of good hidden imagery in the movie, but it doesn't, like, really frighten me. And so that's another yeah. thing I was thinking about. I don't know if it's A24. I was thinking about Get Out a lot while making this list because, spoilers, it's not on my list for the, <laughs> for the people who are listening. But, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I was thinking for movies that, like, really put me on, uh, like, a, a personal edge. And Hereditary continues to do that every time I watch it just because it draws horror from just so many different places but also it's just it's a good family movie <laughs> yeah that was a movie where emily couldn't sleep uh the night we saw it <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um so yeah my number we're at number three now my number three is uh kind of a detour here very very different than hereditary it's a documentary called haunters the art of the scare 
haunted attraction is one of the most sophisticated art forms that you will ever experience, from visual to sensory. What makes a great haunter is they're obsessed about it. My wife sees Halloween essentially as a mistress that I cheat on her with. It becomes addicting once you make that first scare, and then it just, you can't stop. One of the ladies fell backward. Out of the room screaming, I want to live. If you're born wrong, <laughs> I don't know. So what this documentary is, it's about Halloween haunts. So the people who put on the Halloween, or the haunted houses that you... Uh, walk through with your friends on Halloween where, you know, a bunch of actors jump out and scare you and stuff. Yeah. And so this is profiling uh, a few different people who do that. There's there's another documentary called American Scream that I think works as a really good companion piece to that. That one is more, uh, I don't know, Haunters the Art of the Scare is kind of a controversial one, and we'll get to why. Um, but yeah, American okay. Scream is a little more wholesome. It's just about, like, people who do this in their backyard sort of stuff. Haunters gotcha. is about... Um, People who, you know, I think there's like a woman who works at a more professional sort of haunt. Uh, there's a guy who plans for it every year, but like he's not allowed to mention the word Halloween until August because his wife can't stand it. And so there's, <laughs> there's a lot of tension there. It feels like you're watching a reality show or something. Oh, that's um, great. And he's always wearing sunglasses, too. And you're like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> like, why is he always wearing sunglasses? It, tur okay. it turns out he has a medical condition. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was going to make, like, a Tommy Wiseau joke, but I'm going to not do that. <laughs> no, like, I think we were watching it. We were like, what's going on with this dude? <laughs> like, this dude's really in a character. And then it turns out he has a medical condition. So you just feel like an asshole. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, then the documentarian starts to profile this guy. Uh, his name is Russ. What's his name? Russ? McCarney or McCamey, and he runs this place called McCamey Manor, and it is one of the extreme haunts—the ones where they're all, the actors are allowed to touch you, and uh, you have to sign like a release form. And oh, okay. So it's very clear that over the course of making this movie, the documentarian was like granted access to this man that a lot of people aren't granted access to. And okay. he just ran with it. So, like, the movie is just, you know, you're bouncing between all these different people. And then at a certain point, it's just like, you know what? The next 80% of this movie is just going to be about this guy, Russ McAmey, because he's a wedding singer who runs this uh, basically torture experience year round. And he does it for no money. Um he so the way you participate in Whoa, this guy's <laughs> yeah the way you participate in this guy's halloween haunt is he just asks you to dress up in like a ridiculous onesie and to show up with like cat food or dog food that he can donate to the local shelter and then he <laughs> i think he has people like uh dedicate a whole day to reading through and signing a release document so he's already fucking with them like yeah. um having them sign this like legal form and then uh and then he videotapes every single fucking person that comes through his haunt and puts it online for, uh, I'm not sure if people need to pay to subscribe to the site to like watch him torture these people. Oh, but uh, <laughs> That's yeah, so, so this movie is kind of controversial. A lot of people watch it and come away just thinking, fuck Ru Russ McCamey. Uh That's a totally valid thing to think. But yeah. I think 
this the documentary still has value because it is highlighting something fucking absurd um and it, it kind of you kind of go back and forth it's like okay is this man just a complete sicko or like is he doing what he's doing and saying what he's saying so he can build up the myth surrounding him because that is part of the fear that he wants to instill in the people who are participating in what he is selling um yeah it's like he's producing content but the horror movie for him is like just the entire a to to z of it you know just like putting them through this entirely like i don't know (laughs) entirely consuming thing yeah it's a fucking it is a wild documentary (laughs) and i wish more people saw it um I'm tra- I'm kind of cheating here by mentioning American Scream also. That is the more wholesome one. I think a lot of people who run Halloween haunts, uh, they like American Scream because it is more uh, just about, like, this hobby, this, this, this passion that they have for developing these haunted houses, whereas Haunters is just, like, it kind of eventually just fixates on this one guy who has been very damaging to the, the community of people who do this type of stuff. Um, gotcha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's... Worth checking out, you know, look it up and then make up your own mind about how you feel about all this shit. Uh, most likely you're going to, yeah. most likely you're going to, you're going to hate this person. Uh. Oh yeah. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. I've never actually done one of those like adult walkthrough haunted houses. So like, I've always been like curious about it. Like it seems like cool, but yeah, I've never done that. So when was, get a, a doc, when a was the last time, world. when was the last time you went through like a Halloween haunt? Uh, hell, like, I don't even know if I have, honestly, because, like, I wasn't really that big on dressing up, yeah. and so, like, I, I only did it seldomly, so, yeah, like, I couldn't tell you if I've done it, so a documentary like this would be perfect for me, because, yeah, I'm like, I don't know anything about that world, <laughs> so yeah. that'd be cool. Um, I'm, yeah, I remember I went to one with my friend, Carrie, who, she has nightmares every night, is what she told me. Um, so I don't really want to feed that, but we decided to go to, uh, the Great American when they were having, is that what it is? Great American? Is that the theme park? Great America. Great America. Yeah. Great American. (laughs) Great American Music Hall. Um, but yeah, we went to Great America during their Halloween celebration. Fucking terrible. Don't go there. Uh, we went on Halloween, so the lines were insane. Uh, but anyways, we were going through the haunts. And she was like not having it, so I just told her, "All right, well, just keep screaming the entire time, and then it, <laughs> that gives you the upper hand." Uh, so she did that. She was screaming throughout the entire experience. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, good time. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, I knew a, a guy that was a zombie at one of those theme park things, and he just like a lot of sliding. Like I was like, "You're really good." It's like running. And sliding and scaring someone for like eight hours a day, and I'm like, that that sounds a probably lot, a lot great physical. workout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that sounds horrible for your knees after a yeah. while. Well, and I think uh, our friend Krista, she does makeup for those every, uh, I think every year. Yes, yeah, she does. She like does some of the like best fucking zombie makeup ever. Yeah. All right, I'm on to my number two, and. It is a classic. It is the 1974 film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. Rated R. I have this movie on my list because I'm a big fan of lower budget, kind of smaller horror films and horror films that can kind of draw from just weird shit and just like making people uncomfortable is and like getting into that that very odd space of the imagination and just making your you think of the the terrible things that are happening behind doors or like make kind of making you imagine the worst shit and so i think this movie does that fantastically it it starts off very slow and very strange with this like really odd road trip and yeah it's like these like group of friends are like just out to go i don't even know i think they're gonna gonna go party somewhere and then they yeah they pick up a hitchhiker and then it it, like he he starts acting weird and then they like they stop the they stop their van and then they just wind up in this house and eventually they they meet they meet leatherface and leatherface (laughs) is just (laughs) he's he's one of my favorite horror villains because he's 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 silly he's a little weird he's he has like a very strange personality as the do the rest of the, the members of this family and yeah it's just a really gritty like <laughs> gritty gritty movie and so yeah i like just how gross and like just yeah it just feels very uh messy like the yeah. production design has a lot of like chicken bones and feathers and like once we like get a lot of like close-ups like it's just yeah a lot of like dead animals like involved in the production design of this movie and it, yeah it just it feels like very disgusting and yeah, the and once the actual kills and kind of once the the chainsaw comes out, it gets really fucked up. And yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I, I I almost I watch this every single year. This is like really the, my yeah. This is my Halloween tradition. Is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and yeah, it has one of my favorite shots. Just the uh, when the girl is walking up into the house and it's under the the seesaw and it's just a really low to the ground slow shot. It's just like. Yeah, then she gets inside, and then the famous scene where like uh, Leatherface kind of shows up and just swings with the hammer and then slams the door. It's just it's one yeah. of my favorite ki- it kills in all of horror because it's just like it. The implications of it are a little bit more terrifying than some of the actual things we see. But yeah, it's it's, it's great. And the, it's classic for a reason. And the slamming of the door feels like an exclamation point or something for that scene. Yeah, there's remakes and like sequels of this movie. I like I haven't dived into it to be honest with you. Like I just like this movie a lot. I I just yeah I haven't gotten into this franchise. I just like this singular kind of statement. It's super low budget. Yeah, it's like looking at it. It's like eighty to one hundred and forty thousand. So yeah, it's just like. I don't want to say shoestring. It's not quite shoestring, but it's... And for it's, the it's, 70s, like, I don't know what that is with inflation, too. Yeah, but still, yeah, pretty cheap, and it, it gets it gets weird. It, there is some some comedy in it with, like, like the dinner, and, like, they, like this family has some, some members in it that are being kept alive, and we're kind of, like, have to question, like, <laughs> what state that they are in, because, yeah, it's kind of, like, zombie-like, and, yeah, like, they're, like... Yeah, it just gets it gets fucked up. I don't want to spoil some of these movies too much. I that's what I meant to ask before talking. I was like, yeah, should we spoil all of these and like just get into the spoiler side of it, or just like kind of just talk about it in general? Because yeah, I I like this movie a lot, and it it still it gets me every single year. <laughs> all right, so my number two, my number two, it's kind of a I don't know how I found this movie. I think I was just like hearing rumblings about it on like social media and stuff. Uh, and they ended up making three of them within the past five years. 
but oh wow okay. yeah this movie <laughs> is called hell house llc you have heard the rumors about there are no rumors about this, this place. place no rumors we talked about this it's supposed to be haunted all right dude lock me in Godspeed. Hey man, how many freaks did we have? Three freaks. Oh, what's going on? Are you sure? I think it is the most effective found footage movie I have seen. Uh, I'm not a fan of the found footage genre. I feel like um, one of the problems with having your character hold a camera in a movie is that if I don't buy the movement of that camera, if I don't buy the way the camera is being moved, then yeah. I am not buying that character. Um, the camera has to feel reflexive of the character. Um, this movie kind of has that problem sometimes. This also has some things that I don't like in found footage movies where it's like... Um, all of a sudden digital artifacts are being uh, brought in to show that the footage was fucked with, even though it doesn't feel real and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the reasons I like it is because the premise is so strong. Uh, the premise is, it's about, uh, so, so the movie takes place five years after 15 people died at a Halloween haunt. Uh, so we've just discussed Halloween haunts. And so five years after 15 people have died, a documentary crew goes to investigate what happened that night. And so they have footage of people who went through the haunt and they're trying to piece together, uh, you know, what exactly occurred. And okay. so you get the whole lead up to the building of it. You get this small group of people who uh, buy up this property and they're going to fix it up so they can, you know, open this haunted house. And... So you're already in an environment that is designed to scare you. And because it's a found footage movie, you're getting this first person perspective going through these hallways and stuff of a place that is designed to scare you. Like even within yeah. the narrative of the film, like they are constructing it this way. Yeah, but, sounds great. yeah. And bad things are happening there. Like you get introduced to uh like a clown dummy that is showing up in places that it shouldn't be in and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, That's good. It's, That's good. it's just so, I don't know. It's just so smart. It, it like, you know, it does the thing where it's like, okay, the camera looks over here and there's an object that wasn't there before. And then it looks away and then it looks back and it's gone. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. There's like, That's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like one of the smarter found footage movies I've seen. It is one of the ones, the only ones I've seen that like definitely really understands tension. And because it is kind of an it's it's very low budget. It is an indie movie. Uh, it does have like some shaky performances, some shaky justification for why things happen. But mm. it really surprised me. And it seems to be sort of kind of uh an, an immediate cult classic because like i said it's found an audience and they've decided to make two more of them i think shutter got behind it and they uh financed the second one as like an exclusive or something but um nice yeah hell house llc takes place in a, a halloween hunt and spooky shit happens <laughs> go check it out
Sweet. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm a fan of found footage horror films. That's why I like uh, Paranormal Activity is on my number five. But um, I was going to mention in that part of the conversation, um, the remake of The Blair Witch Project, I think, is really strong. And it's a found footage horror film. And yeah, like, I wasn't a big fan of the first one, but I think the the remake does some things that like are kind of similar to what you mentioned mm. about this movie where I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like the tension and the, like just the perspective are used very well. And yeah, they kind of just like use the forest setting in a very strong way. Yeah. Like this one will do things where it's like you as the audience member will notice something in the picture that the person holding the camera isn't noticing and you desperately want them to look over there and investigate and they're not doing it. And it, I don't know. It plays with tension really well. Uh, it's pretty totally. good. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great, yeah. Okay, so for my number one, I chose The Thing. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? He can beat one of those things! It is a remake of an older film, but I think it is one of the stronger horror remakes. And yeah, John Carpenter, he kind of takes the helm. He like does the direction, he does the music, and he kind of is the master of just the tone of this very strange extraterrestrial horror movie. And yeah, it has great body horror. There's some, some classic jump scares, but it is a very... It is a slow burn movie up until like when like shit starts to really go down. I think the introduction is fantastic. It starts off with like these guys out in like the snow and they're chasing this dog and we're like trying to like put, put together the pieces of like why are they like what is this dog running from or to and yeah that's like the the setup of it and then yeah what follows is like this really strange like cat not necessarily cat and mouse but like it's all of these guys on this like complex out in the snow kind of just turning on each other as they're hunting and trying to narrow down by process process of elimination who this what who is this alien because this alien can shapeshift and so yeah they're like as they're trying to discover like find who it is and turning on each other it's like it's getting the best of them and just like snatching them and just like taking the form of other people or animals and kind of just like taking over and just <laughs> they're and they're trying their best to not let it out and yeah, it's kind of held down by a fantastic performance by Kurt Russell. And it, like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a little bit cheesy in terms of like, uh, like 80s-ness where it's just like, yeah, this, it's very heavy in tone in some parts, but I think that helps it a lot because yeah, it's just a very insulated and like small and tr like not, yeah, it's a very small contained horror movie where yeah, the things that we get are just like, yeah, very, very gory and like, yeah, it's great. And yeah, the, the production design is the strong point of this movie. And yeah, the setting kind of just makes it very, very, very scary. Yeah, because they're all trapped at this, uh, this station out in the snow. It almost feels like a chamber piece, like, like Reservoir Dogs or something like that. But um... yeah, and there is a little bit of isolation and separation within the groups as they're like, they all kind of have different spots where they hang out or sleep mm -hmm. or relax. And so yeah, there's these moments where someone might be alone and then they come back and it's kind of, they are acting a little bit different. And so, yeah, it, it's a great mystery when it comes down to like the audience looking for who's the monster and what's going on. But yeah, in the end, yeah, it, it, it gets the upper hand and it, it, it just narrows down further and further and further as, yeah, they just kind of just 
it, it, it all goes to hell. Yeah, I think I was pretty young the first time I saw the thing. Um, probably like 14. I remember just ca catching it on TV late at night and not knowing what it was at all. And I just like couldn't look away from it. And I just didn't turn it off. And years later, I realized like, oh, this is considered a classic movie. And I, and I think when it first came out, it was actually panned by critics. Uh, it came out kind of close to E.T. So I think a lot of audiences were hoping for uh, nice aliens at that time. And yeah. the thing comes out and it's one of the most gruesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that movie. I think this movie represents everything i love about horror which is one it's playing with tension and release and which is important in like every form of art you know you're building tension you're releasing tension and but it's also a special effects showcase and because the practical yeah. effects in this movie are some of the greatest in film history probably um yeah yeah the thing is special man the thing is so good if it's not the best horror movie then it's definitely top five yeah, and every time I watch it, yeah, it just it becomes much more effective just because it is just a very good movie to analyze and look for, you know, where there's changes in the characters. And, you know, yeah, it's everything I like about horror is just, it's, it's bloody and it's fun and it's, yeah, it's just, it's good 80s, 80s horror. You know, 80s horror is at its best because, yeah, I think that might be one of the best decades for horror movies. And, yeah, this is one of the best, best movies from, from the, that chunk of time um okay so now we're at my number one <laughs> my number one is very yeah. different my number one is the wnuf halloween special don't check your dial folks you didn't tune into transylvania's public access station no sir tonight is halloween halloween is satan's night the night of the devil Reporter Frank Stewart has a special Halloween treat in store for viewers tonight. He'll be leading a group of paranormal experts to the infamous Weber House. Do you know what happened here in the Weber House? Some people got killed. Their son went haywire. So, what this movie is... Yeah, yeah what is this? <laughs> uh, I don't know how I found out about this movie. But what it is, is it is designed to look like, uh, almost like a public access news station's halloween special and so okay. what or, or just like a local news station's halloween special and so what you're doing is you have um these a uh, couple of news news broadcasters or whatever uh at the studio and they are talking with this man who is reporting live from a haunted house that a, a crowd has gathered outside of and soon he will be going into the house accompanied by a couple of psychics um to see if they can communicate with the paranormal and so you keep cutting back and forth between these two uh you know reporters or whatever in the studio and the reporter who's out on the scene and then you keep cutting away to commercial breaks and so they've created all of these fake commercials to fill up the uh, okay. movie and i don't know it's just a really special viewing experience because yeah, I, I think I think it was made for like very little money. It does look like it was shot on VHS, or they shot a movie and then re-recorded it on VHS before releasing it. Um, I remember reading. That's wild. Yeah, I read an interview, and I think the the way okay, so like the director, he was like 
he had a ton of stock footage and a ton of uh, public domain footage. And he just like got a bunch of friends together and he was like, let's write a bunch of uh, commercials. Oh, we have enough commercial. We have enough footage for uh, this type of commercial. Let's write one of those type of commercials. You know, we have enough footage for an arcade commercial. Let's write a commercial for an arcade. And so they just wrote a ton of commercials and that he would like, that's, that's great. Yeah. He would edit a couple <laughs> commercials in the morning. He would go to work. He would come home, edit a commercial at night. And then he would just do that throughout the week. And when they first released the movie, they had recorded it onto uh, VHS tapes and they had, they were like depositing them at thrift stores. Uh, they had like gone to horror conventions and just like left them out at horror conventions. They threw them <laughs> out of car windows and shit like that. Like they were just oh, like <laughs> physically spreading the tapes out there. And I don't know how it got picked up. I don't know how it got an audience. I don't know how it got in front of me, but like, uh, that's why it is a it is a very special movie and i think shutter picked it up uh so right now uh, if you ho- hopefully this promotion is still happening when this um episode comes out but if you use the code horror hound one word horror hound on shutter you get 30 days for free uh the movie should be up there and you can check it out um i don't know it's yeah it's a special this movie. Looks like a, yeah yeah this looks like a really awesome like low budget remix of the grindhouse kind of idea where it's just like really kind of small little vignettes and they're they all sound it sounds like fantastic yeah it's like a, it's it's the perfect thing to throw on in the background when you're just like you have some people over uh or maybe i don't know you're doing whatever maybe you're designing your costume or something like that throw this on in the background you don't got to pay attention for every advertisement but there's yeah. going to be some cleverness happening on on your tv uh it's yeah i don't know and it's already developing a cult following i think there's a gofundme right now for a sequel um i'm not sure how that's gonna play out but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing whatever this person does next uh wnuf halloween special solid movie yeah that sounds great um yeah so i think that concludes our list right yeah yeah that's that's uh, that's great. Yeah, I don't know why I'm like totally messing this up tonight. <laughs> You're hungry, you know. So. Yeah, I'm thinking about lasagna <laughs> that I so desperately want to eat. All right. Um, is there anything else before we sign off? Um. Yeah. No. I I had originally was gonna do like some honorable mentions, but yeah. No. I think I like mentioned the ones kind of adjacent to the main choices that I had. All right. <laughs> all right so that wraps things up for uh, this bonus episode i guess um i hope you find some value in these picks um tune in later this week when we're going to be discussing final destination 2 as always i have been thomas and i'm daniel uh, see you next time on the vague zone